Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good people wherever you are in the world. This is another episode of Music and We. I am Jamila. And I'm Jesse. And it's been a long time coming. We've had several episodes we recorded and there has always been some kind of tech issue or something is going on in our worlds and so we're actually gonna do this episode and we're gonna post it and it's gonna be okay exactly it's gonna be be okay we we probably will have some tech issues but it's gonna be all right that's all right it's all right we're doing it anyway it's been a while oh my goodness all kind of things have been happening yeah uh just a lot i mean now um, daylight savings oh that's sad. right they're, they're trying to trying time. to get rid of that too i think in some places really wow yeah i mean i think if they get rid of it people are going to want it back <laughs> well this is my theory the whole thing about daylight savings time was created so people's bodies and sense of time will be in tune with the capitalist world yeah and so we want you to see light early enough <laughs> so you will be okay with going to your jobs and getting your labor exploited. I mean, I, I really think a lot of the ways we are conditioned to see the world are based on our lives under capitalism. And, and obviously, that's not everywhere around the globe, but not even everywhere around the globe observes daylight savings time. So, right. you know, how it's viewed in this society, we live in the United Snakes of America, how, you know, even something like ADHD is seen in this society. You take your meds, so then you'll be able to function in the way capitalism sees fit. I don't think ADHD is inherently a problem in and of itself, but if you're going to function in a capitalist world, if you're going to have a nine to five job, if you're going to do all of this, you need to be able to function in a way that serves capitalism. So let's put you on a bunch of meds. And I am not in any way, shape, or form saying meds are bad. I'm, I hope that's not being what's interpreted. I'm saying the larger problem is capitalism. It always is. It yeah. always is. Always <laughs> if you have not heard any episodes that we've done and you're like, what are you talking about? Go listen to other episodes. This isn't anything new. So <laughs> Absolutely. So that is where we stand on stuff. And if you don't stand on that, hopefully you'll stay and listen and find a good episode. I think there are plenty of podcasts I listen to where I disagree with particular views of the host, but I still consider it to be a good podcast. So don't let this particular thing get in the way of enjoying a podcast if you enjoy it otherwise. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is our, what we call it, disclaimer. Disclaimer, yeah. (laughs) Man. I mean, it's been a few months. We're not going to get into everything, but we are going to get into some albums that we've loved uh, this year that have come out and a few other things. So so do you have any albums that you've listened to that come out this year that Um, you love, Jesse? Yes, I do. I have Little Dragons, Loves of Love. Love that album. Every song is immaculate. 72 Seasons, of course. So wait, you got to talk about why you love these albums. Well, I, well, I can give you brief breakdowns. I mean, it's I'm not going to go into a whole thing, but like, I love I love all albums from Little Dragon, but particularly 72 Seasons, or I'm sorry, um, Slugs of Love from Little Dragon. 
the production it's very it's just like a dance record and I've been doing a lot more dancing and that is just a perfect addition to my dancing because all of the songs just have this nice slick and it's also very experimental for them one of the songs actually reminds me of Kate Bush um, Lily's Call mm -hmm. yeah and Disco Dangerous it's so it's just interesting what they did with that album and I I knew when I heard it, I'm like, I know I listen to this album all the time, and I, I have been doing that very much. Do you do hippie dancing around in your room? <laughs> Not necessarily hippie dancing. I just be grooving. I mean, I guess sometimes I look like a hippie because I'm always just like, you know, and I'm making it a point to look in the mirror while I dance so I can see what moves work and what moves don't. <laughs> you making a choreography? I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm developing something. Oh, I want to see this. Uh, you're definitely going to see it. Okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, Little Dragon, that, mm, Slugs of Love. And then from there I have, as I mentioned, 72 Seasons. We've talked about that album a lot. So we had a whole episode. A whole episode, <laughs> but it's still maintained. I mean, I was listening to it the other day. Every song is really great. And I just remember when I first connected to it, the song that emotionally hit me was um, Shadows Follow. That was because it broke my crying spell. I hadn't cried for like however long, and that song did it. And it's still that emotional song for me, but I think even more so, I'm more fond of all of the different messages in it relating to like healing and, and going mm -hmm. forward. I think it's a great testament, just the title track, 72 Seasons, you know, just what that life is like, you know, before you're 18 or your summary of 18 years and all of the changes and seasons that build you to who you are. Oh, yeah, that is definitely held up and it's still one of my favorite releases of this year. And I got to see him live twice this year since the album. You saw him twice this year? Yeah, twice. I've seen him four times all together and it was, last year it was... Wait, was where two. else did you see him this year? I was in the same place. So was that one? They had two shows though. At MetLife it was Met two Life. shows. But where, where else did you see him this year? I don't think anywhere else. I'm referring to MetLife. Oh, you said four shows. All together. Oh, no, you seen him. Didn't you see him five times all together? Because you saw the 240th show as the Zazula show in oh, MetLife, yeah. right? I, I neglected the, the uh, Zazula. You forgot. I forgot. But yeah, Zazula so. Show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is another album? There's another album, too, that oh, I have to give a shout out to the Diamonds and Pearls, Super Deluxe, that Prince. Oh, that's right. <laughs> That's right. 42 new songs. I... Wait, what? Yeah. 42 songs? 42 unreleased songs. That was... So w what's the composition of this set? Uh, so it's six CDs. The vinyl is like a lot. Oh, so it's CD and vinyl? CD and vinyl. Yes. Together? No, they're separate. You can. Oh, okay. So it's a vinyl set and a CD set. And both have a Blu-ray of the Glam Slam 91 show unreleased that was done. In Minneapolis, which is a great show. I mean, I think I enjoyed the box set or the Super Deluxe, and so I think that I've been playing that a lot too. A lot of those songs we did here, I mean, like Get Blue, a lot of the bootlegs for a lot of folks who really listen to Prince, y'all, you know, Marquita's <laughs> Kitchen, Spirit, a lot of those songs were, but it's nice to hear them really sound better um, because they've been Dolby Atmos mixed. Yeah, but that wouldn't count if you don't have Atmos. Yeah, if, yes, title. So I have title. Um, One of uh, the what was it? What did uh, I see? 
five, five million, million. <laughs> versus right. 88 million on Spotify. Exactly. I'm definitely in a minority. I had a title when Prince, I mean, Prince talked to me about title right before it came out and I maintained with it since. And yeah, it's nice to be able to listen to that because yeah, if you don't have that stereo system, you won't be able to listen to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a great release. There are a couple other ones I'm forgetting. Those three, I'll just stick to, to well, I guess that's four. Little Dragon, 72 Seasons, Princes. No, oh, that's three. Right. Any any other releases that you've enjoyed? Or those are those? There was are... a lot of good music. I, I've I've I mean, I was a very pleasantly surprised for a lot of releases. I'm thinking of um, just yesterday I heard a song by Lindsay called. Um, Mm. Oh, and that song I had it on repeat. It's just oh she has an album that's out. I think she's working on an album. Oh, okay. But it's just like, a single heard... called "Sell Me No Dreams." Oh wow! And it's it's good. It's I'm gonna fire. have to listen it's to it. Fire. I love me some legacy. Q. That's what I wanted to mention. So mm-hmm. there's an artist named Q. I Q is dope. Yes. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stereo driver. Yo, so he released the album New Present the Stereo Drive. <laughs> you know that. So you already know that that's mine. That's all Yeah, my that's favorite. a good album. That's a great album. That's really, actually one of the things on my list. So yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, I yeah, cute that album. Yeah, that guy is crazy. And he just released another like uh, EP called Hello Everyday Changes. And that's good. That it's just three songs, but just I'm like, wow, just do man. I haven't heard nothing that I didn't like. So shout out to Q. Oh, and back to Dragon. They did an EP with another artist called April Vista called Slipping Into Color. And that was just random. It's like 14 minutes. And it's just incredible. Hmm. And Kate Tranda also released an uh, a Did single. you call him Kate Tranda? Yeah, I did. Kate Trinanda. Kate Trinanda. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually also on my list, so you got a few things. Yeah, he released. We got, we got uh, some of the... Yeah, all of his releases. He did one yesterday called Lover Friend. Oh, I haven't heard that. I was talking about something Good. else. Good. Okay. On replay. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's, that's um, all I can think of right now. So I'll just I'll stick to those right now. Okay. Well, before I get into the albums I love of 2023. Did you hear me coughing up a lung at about 3 a.m. this morning? I did not. Because you can't hear. You're like, if I'm asleep, I don't hear nothing. So what's interesting is I ate popcorn, which is my second favorite thing (laughs) to eat. First thing, broccoli. Second thing, popcorn. I don't don't know why. Two two disparate types of food. Where is this going? But broccoli is my favorite food in the whole world. I love it so much. And I can have popcorn anywhere. I don't care. But I love to have a lot of olive oil with my popcorn. I dozed off and I jolted up and started coughing and choking. Oh, my goodness. I was like, what is going on? And sometimes when I'm in bed and I might cough a little and then like the olive oil will get in my throat and I'll get Mm. a weird thing with my throat. I don't know what that is. That has happened for a number of years now. And then it goes away. I get up and then it's fine. But I'm just hacking. And I'm just... I feel snot or something come out my nose. Then I went to, you know, wipe it. And I'm like, that's not snot. It's olive oil. Olive oil. Oh. 
I never had olive oil come out my noses on coughing before. Wow. <laughs> and then I'm sweating at olive I'm sweating olive oil. It's not like I've had more olive oil than usual on my popcorn. What? So I don't know what that is. That's very and I'm hacking and then eventually I'm coughing so much and hacking there was a little blood. So I'm either like hacking my lungs or my, my throat's just so irritated. But yeah, this was for a good like 10 minutes. I'm just hacking and throwing up. I am throwing up olive oil. And and olive oil is like coming out my nose like snot. I'm sorry, I should have had a spoiler. <laughs> I was not expecting you to go there. No, but that's what happened to me at like 3 o'clock this morning where I jolted up. Dang. And I was just like, I, I rushed to the bathroom. And I'm just throwing up into the sink and hacking up and spitting up. It's olive oil. I never had this happen to me in my life. Insane. I don't know what that was about. So, of course, I'm going to have to go on a rabbit hole and see if this happened to somebody else. Because has anybody ever had olive oil snot? I've never heard of that. Or thrown up olive oil? Hacking up olive oil. This is the weirdest thing that's happened to me in a long time. And a lot of weird <laughs> things have happened in my life. So, I don't know. Strange. <laughs> I just wanted to tell that story. Hopefully no one's too disgusted by that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize if that's far too disgusting, but it's a nice way to, to round out the year, I guess. <laughs> so my throat is kind of irritated right now. I that's why, because I noticed when you were talking, there's a, you yeah. sounded a little different. Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, I wonder. Because that, that happened. Wow. Yeah. I was going to mention it, because I was noticed, like, you sound a little different. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sad to announce that it's probably gonna be a while before I eat popcorn. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, it's funny you even mentioned popcorn because I was talking about this to a friend of mine the other day. How you eat popcorn like a meal, and how you love popcorn. I love it. And they were talking about all these different types of popcorn. This was just yesterday, actually. I was like. Yeah, that just reminds me of my... Your conversation <laughs> did this to me, didn't it? <laughs> Maybe so, because I literally was telling them, I'm like, yeah, they love popcorn, like, they eat it, it's like a meal. I'm like, I I do not like popcorn like that. Like, I do, I can eat it, but I, you know, the teeth, getting it stuck in my teeth, I don't like that, and I, I'm not a popcorn I can eat popcorn person. every day. But now you will not for a while. Yeah, not for a while. Because I, I think my body's pretty traumatized by yeah. popcorn. Right Gee whiz. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> so my favorite albums. <laughs> so I'm going to say my, my three favorite. And then I'm going to go with other ones that I have enjoyed this year. My three favorite albums. My favorite album of 2023 is 72 seasons but i'm sure you knew that is the album that i have had the biggest spiritual connection to it's the one that i've resonated with the most this year and it's connected to a lot of other things that have happened in my life this year i've gotten to meet all four members of metallica this year what 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 so it, it is very connected in this experience. And it's the first Metallica album that has been released since I've become an amputee. And it's connected in that story as well. So it's kind of uh, weaved into the fabric in, of my life in a way. And this is why 72 Seasons is my favorite album. 
of 2023. And we did a whole episode on it, so you don't even have to Uh get into uh, (laughs) a whole lot here. Second favorite album of 2023, Andre 3000, New Blue Sun. (laughs) Oh, yo. This is, people are going to argue with me on this, and that's okay. We can struggle on this. I feel like this album is better than anything Outkast has ever put out. <laughs> I think this is a trajectory that Andre needs to stay on. I love this album so much. It is not unlike something that Oneness of Juju put out, Art Ensemble of Chicago. Like This is the stuff I love. My favorite music of all time is jazz. And this is the route that Andre 3000 has gone on. I am very sad that the album's like $80 vinyl. It's, exactly. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Despite that, this is my second favorite album of 2023. Okay. This album is, and the titles. I, the titles this alone and extreme. <laughs> I, love, I love this album <laughs> so much. So that is my second favorite album of 2023. My third favorite album of 2023, Mud Honey, Plastic Eternity. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. It did come out this year. Absolutely. They are one of the last counterculture bands, uh, I think, of their generation. There, there's some, but I think of that uh, generation and type of music. And I think they are one of the last surviving counterculture bands. And they are still consistently making music or uh, uh, against consumerism. I look at them as anti-capitalist jams. They have a song on the album called Flush the Fascists. I mean, you know, I think that when I first heard, I was like, yes, okay. I mean, and they're one of my favorite bands of all time. So it's not like, (laughs) those are my three favorite albums of 2023. Uh, My other albums that I absolutely love or do enjoy so Depeche Mode, Memento Mori. Have you heard that? I think you would like yeah, that. that. Yeah. Um, Ketranonda and Amine. Ketramine. Um, Zulu, A New Tomorrow. Zulu, what's up? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know if you would like that. That, no, that might be too yeah. yeah. That might be too much. <laughs> uh, Q, Soul, Present or Present. Um, Yusuf Days, Black Classical Music. I don't know if you've heard that one. I don't think so. That's a, oh, I'll, I'll check it out. T-Pain on top of the covers. Oh, yeah. Yes. Dinner Party, Enigmatic Society. You're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Michelle and Negio Cello, the Omnicorn Real Book. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yes. Jimmy, Do What Makes You Happy. Uh, The Mars Volta, Que Dios Te Maldiga Mi Corazón. Sunny War, Anarchist Gospel. Fatumata Diawara, London Co., Voice of Basaprat, Retas, I've heard some of that. So, and then I saw them live this year. So I would kind of put that on the secondary thing because I haven't heard the whole album, but I've heard songs from it, but I've enjoyed what I've heard. Buggin', Concrete Cowboys, some hardcore stuff. Dave Lombardo, one of the greatest drummers of all time, Rights of Percussion, and Truth Cult, Walk the Wheel. So these are albums that I have either enjoyed very much uh besides the voice of brasser Pratt, i've heard parts of the album but i'm still considering it's kind of like a secondary like yeah um but but some of my favorite albums of this year these are the ones 
um, albums that came out this year, but I had no idea. And I, I have either heard very little of or not at all. Teddy Swims, did you know? No, I, I know he had the EP. Yeah, I like the album. The album. Yeah. Um, Christian McBride, Michael Bolton. Do you know Michael Bolton came out with an album? Sadly, I'm not a fan of Michael Bolton, so I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You leave Michael Bolton alone, right? You you leave him alone. So there's a band called Pissed. I am familiar with a band called The Pissed. And these are dudes that, you know, when I was a young punk kid, we used to play with them at ABC No Rio. I don't know if this is the same band. I'm going to take it that it's not, but I don't know. So Pissed or The Pissed, I don't know. Uh, Danny Harrison. Cindy Wilson of the B-52s, or they're, oh, they're not wow. the B-52s anymore, so. Um, Shafiq Hussein, I had no idea he came out with the album this year. Um, Adrian Young with uh, Ali Shaheed Muhammad and Lonnie Liston-Smith. So I am aware that there's a Jazz is Dead series, but I didn't know that, um, actually I did, because I went to Vintage Vinyl and saw these records and didn't pick them up. Mm. So I'm like, dang, but I didn't know they were out this year. Okay. And also this year, uh, Adrian Young did Tony Allen, the Tony Allen for the Jazz is Dead uh, series. And that was the last one. Um, I guess they re-released Sylvester, the private recordings from August 1970. Oh, wow. So some of these are clearly um, either reissues or um, past releases and stuff. Ricky Lee Jones, Eagle Eye Cherry, Jarbo, who was part of the Swans, Mark Rabot, Cool in the Gang. I don't know if this oh, is wow. a new album or what, cool but in the gang. people just want to have fun. Theo Parrish and Marisa Rose, like Theo Parrish came out with something too. Mohini Day, one of my favorite bassists of the past few years. She's amazing. Killer Priest came out with that one. Fear Factory, Devel Gilberto, Macy Gray and the California Jet Club. Macy Gray. Yeah. Shonen Knife. Count Base D, John Zorn, Cool Keith? Hmm. Oh, yeah, because he's on tour right now, I think. So, yeah, that makes sense. Onyx? Hmm. Christian Scott, uh, Tunde Ajwa, uh, Toa Tay, Mustard Plug, Moby, Half Japanese, Jadfair. I actually interviewed Jadfair uh, when I had my fanzine before. I didn't know he was still making music. Yeah. Simply Red. Again, I don't know. I don't know if some of these are new releases or reissues or whatever. Jose James. So Jose James, this album is on and on, but the cover is a clear nod to Alice Coltrane's Sachin Ananda album. So that automatically made me want to go out and listen to this record. And I also really like Jose James, so you know that wouldn't be a problem. Dead Milkman. Again, I don't know if these people are still making music or if it's past stuff but dead milkman my goodness Daco jones has an album rodrigo y gabriela pair ubo are uh, did they uh, yeah so uh ali farca Torre. i'm like dang i just people i love are making records i don't even know about it betty lavette damian gerardo boo radley's do y'all remember the boo radley's <laughs> um dj mugs the cowboy junkies Emily Sande, Prong, Terrace Martin, The Bouncing Souls. Oh, shut up. Yeah, Terrence Martin. That, yeah. Terrace Martin. <laughs> Morgan Wade. I, I actually have not heard the album yet. I know people are going to be like, what? 
I haven't heard the album yet, but I have heard it's very good. Helmet has a new album. Helmet! Rihanna and Giddens? Ba Mama Ow! Bus Driver? Rick Astley. I've, I've actually heard a couple songs from the album and I do like them. Uh, Genevieve Artadi, uh, Mersbo, Public Image Limited, R.I.P. Nora, um, Shabazz Palaces, dang, Jesus Peace, that is an album that I have been waiting to hear and I've not heard it yet, Tinarwen, and African Head Charge. So these are people that generally I am familiar with, that generally I enjoy, and on most of these uh, musicians, we're not aware they even had an album this year. So I am going to be going on some rabbit holes and be a year behind. I'm going to talk about the worst album of the year. <laughs> What's the worst album? What do you think it is? It's an album? Yeah. Drake's album. I haven't heard that. Oh, he came out with a record, huh? Mm-hmm. For the dogs. For the dogs? That's what it's called? Like, for the dogs, like, my homies, or, like, for the dogs, like, it's the dog in me? That part. The oh, boom! <laughs> yeah. So, you, you're saying that's the worst? I mean, that's the one that came to mind. I don't, I can't. You've heard that album, though? Yeah. Why is it the worst? It's repetitive. It's Drake. I mean, most Drake albums to me for the last... You're talking years. to somebody who has not heard Drake music. Okay. Well, for me, his music, <laughs> what he's talking about is regurgitation of what he's been talking about like he he's 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 still hurt that Pusha T you know when he exposed he had a child and he kind of went into oh the story of Adi you know what's funny I have not really heard Drake but I heard that song (laughs) he's still hurt because he's still talking about that and so it's like man who are you really like and it's just a desperate attempt to be relatable and then I hate how he he disrespected Holly Berry when he posted that image and she he oh. his team asked her if he can use it she said no and he still used it so it's like that just fits in to that i heard about that that is why to me because i don't really i don't know if i've heard any other albums i'm right now this because usually if i don't really vibe with the artist i'm not listening to the record so i don't but that's the one that comes to mind for me so you're gonna disagree with me on this one uh-oh I'm gasms gonna... No, worst, yeah, no, no, worst, no, worst no, 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 yes, no, yes, no. I, I told, didn't I say he's gonna disagree with me on it? Worst album I heard all year. <laughs> it's horrible. I'm surprised by that. No, actually. why? <laughs> it's horrible. Gasoline. No, no, no. You give me those eyes. The writing is horrible. It. Sometimes you no. Want to stay no. Gather. That's some of the worst writing I've heard in a long time. The We're songs are right. uninspiring. Right. Just because you 82 don't mean you can't make good music. Get out of here. No. No. You say Bob Dylan has a re- record, which I, f- I forgot to mention Bob Dylan on here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw Bob Dylan too. Was it a couple you weeks ago? It was, yeah. it was quite good of a show. Bob Dylan, I think, is 82. He's making music that's good. So that does, yeah. age does not excuse whether or not you make a good or bad album. <laughs> so Gasms is horrible. It's I told you. You put it on the list. I mean I damn. told you he's gonna disagree yeah, with me. He said gasms, okay. <laughs> Dang. 
I, I, I should mention, I didn't mention, um, this is not my favorite album, actually, but there are four songs on, and I really have conflicting views with this guy, John Baptiste, but... Oh, yeah, I, I've heard, like, all of one song from this guy, so... Ever? Uh, yeah, like, one or two ever, yeah. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he released an album called World Music Rick. Wait, how am I neglecting my beautiful Janelle Monet? Age of Pleasure. Oh, that, you love that album. I love that album, and it is nominated for Grammy. You know, whatever. Oh, but, is it? But I do think that that I don't know. I just like wow. How could you? Yeah, Janelle Age of Pleasure. I I did. I am surprised that you forgot that. Yeah, well, I just remembered, and yes, that album. I I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much, and I I think it's a better listening experience than our last album, Dirty Computer, because that just felt disjointed. I think Age of Pleasure. It sequence well, very well, and you know it's like she said, it's like night and day, day and night. You listen to it mm-hmm. in the morning, listen to it in the night, and it's short, it's sweet, <laughs> live. It's a bomb. So mm-hmm. yeah, shout out to that album. But as I was mentioning for John Baptiste, he did World Music Radio. I don't like the album, but I like four songs on the album. But the album in itself, it does. It's just disjointed to me. It doesn't flow well at all. There's a lot of things going on, but be who you are, worship, drink water, and call on your name. I love those four songs, like very much to where they were in my top listening on YouTube in my recap, apparently. Call on your name, worship, be who you are, and drink water. YouTube does recaps? Yeah. I haven't gotten, oh, well, because I don't, I have that thing where they don't, what do you call that? Did you turn your... Yeah, my whole thing is private, so oh, yeah. yeah, I don't... Yeah, so it doesn't well, you really haven't listened it. to anything. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. I haven't. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, but the album itself, uh, World Music Radio, I just think it's... I, th- I think if, if they did recap my top four favorite things, it, if this were to go, it would probably be 72 Seasons, <laughs> Saint Anger... <laughs> What else would it be? Soul Glow. Uh, yeah. It would, so it would be. <laughs> so it would be Metallica, Soul Glow, and Captain Beefheart. That would probably be. Oh, goodness. If it were at the top three people. <laughs> I don't know what it would be. I listen to random stuff all the time. And I honestly mostly listen to podcasts. So. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it would probably be Saint Anger. Saint Anger, yeah. <laughs> Some Captain Beefheart stuff and Soul Glow. That that's that's gonna be my my general take on what <laughs> YouTube would capture that I would listen to right. in twenty twenty. <laughs> but now we're going to some some playlists because Henry Kissinger has died. That's right. And I don't wish death on nobody, or I don't wish bad on nobody, but I am uh, not crying sad tears for that guy. Not <laughs> He's not deserving of any sad tears. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, we're not we're not even getting into all of uh, his political history, but uh, we do see people whitewashing that and Biden praising him. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. 
Anyway. <laughs> but what songs do you think would be applicable for him? Definitely um, number one song, Holiday in Cambodia, Dead Kennedys. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I remember you told me about that song. I can't think of anything that would be applicable for him besides, uh, I mean, like what song represents the extent in which this monster lived? This monster lived. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to get back with me. I can't, nothing come to mind. No Prince songs? That relate to like... The evil of Henry Kissinger? No Prince songs whatsoever. Wow. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing that comes to mind. Like, uh, and I'm sure you might have one, but... They exploited Fuck the USA. <laughs> That's the one song. Like, <laughs> let's man. start a war, said Maggie one day. Just put right. Kissinger, Henry. <laughs> let's start a war, said Henry one day. I mean, I could list all the punk bands. Right, exactly. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll get back on that. Maybe we'll do like a yeah playlist that you know talks about those themes or whatever. Yeah, I can build it out. Build it out, because we're, we're supposed to do a, a crying... Yeah, I'm still adding. I still got a lot of songs on my playlist, actually. I, st- I just started one. How many songs you got so far? I'm like five, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing we're going to talk about is your man. Oh. <laughs> so we got your man, Arrowhole, over here. Huh. Talking about his sexual prowess and how... All these other dudes know what he looks like. Yeah. They know how he get down and all of this. And then, of course, 50 Cent under, what you talking about, man? I... <laughs> <laughs> now he's immediately like, oh, what you talking? He said, let me, let me see, see the, the pleasure, pleasure in your eyes, baby. Let me see the pleasure in your eyes. Let me show, show you, you what it's like to be pleasured by your man, man like me. Let me show you. Let me see the pleasure in your eyes. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm killing this. Hey. No. Man, Aaron Hall, that guy, that interview is like five years old. And just to show you the extent of Vlad TV's thought and ideology, they reposted it in light of these allegations. Are you serious? Yes, they reposted that whole thing. There's like, re-upload. Word? Word. (laughs) I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yo. That's one of the, yeah, they reposted it. Even though that interview, the original is still on there for five from five years ago, they reposted it. So they're like, just so you know, here it is. So that people didn't have to go back. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so how all of this started was Sean Combs. Hmm. I mean, obviously he didn't start with him, but this more recent round of uh, the accountability process for toxic men in the music business. <laughs> uh, this current round started with Sean Combs or Puff Daddy, uh, Puffy D, Love, what's his name? Love Man, what, whatever he calls Dr. himself. Love, whatever. And uh, who also had an album released this year, by the way. 
Did not listen to it. Not interested. <laughs> not interested. A lot of things are coming out about him in light of Cassie, the singer Cassie. She ended up uh, bringing a suit against him based on the amount of abuse he put her through. And the day after the suit, the whole thing was settled yeah. for millions of dollars. And then all these other people came out and confirmed what her testimony said. So I was like, mm, 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 mm. The blowing up of Kid Cudi's cars, and that did happen. So he stepped down from Revolt TV, quote unquote temporarily, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got let let go of um, from Ciroc, Macy's, right, Rock Aware. I'm like, people, I didn't I know, know Rock Aware was still in. Me, thing. exactly. I didn't know mm-hmm. they were still. I didn't know they were still in stores. Honestly. Yeah. Who, who knew? We want to talk about cancel culture. I would say that's along the lines of cancel yeah. culture. People complaining about cancel culture and still getting paid millions of dollars to play arenas. That is not cancel culture. So. Uh, you know what also uh, happened is Janet Jackson and oh. Naomi Campbell. So right before these allegations, they posted because Diddy did a party for this album or whatever, oh. and they both went to it and they posted all of these pictures. Right after that posted, they took them they down. Took it down. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm and not they wrote all because I mean, Janet and like, oh, Diddy, we love you so much. All the things you're blah, blah, blah. See, here's my thing. Okay, it, it's clear because of all this stuff coming out. It was not a secret that he was abusive, and people are still mm-hmm. posting these things about yeah, this guy. It's like, so now I gotta look at y'all sideways. Right. I've always looked at Naomi Campbell sideways, but when well, Janet, she's pretty. She's throwing she's cell phones right. at people. Right. I mean, you know. But Janet, when Janet, I'm like Janet. <sighs> but I feel like Janet and a lot of the celebrities, you know, they don't want to get mixed up in controversy. But by you sort of aligning with that. And complimenting these people, you are siding with them. Yeah. Being silent on stuff, and it, it's like the saying: if you are silent on oppression, you are siding with the oppressor. And that's literally what happens when you go to these parties and go, "Yay, Puffy, we love you." Right. Literally knowing how abusive he is. Yeah. You know, I want. I want to move back a little bit with the cancel culture thing, because now celebrities are losing their jobs. Like they're getting dropped from their agencies just for saying ceasefire or just in support of the Palestinian liberation struggles. You want to talk about cancel culture? McCarthyism is alive and well. There have been instances of authors, fine artists, all these people getting dropped, their their shows like canceled immediately. But yet people calling for genocide and be like, oh, these kind of people, like they still have their jobs. They're literal senators Absolutely. going out here so generalizing a whole people and be like, well, all, you know, all Palestinians, they should all go. Like, they're literally saying that, genocidal language, and they still have a job. And yet Rashida Tlaib, who I'm not particularly the biggest fan of, but Sounds she's good. been consistent on this one thing, and she's been censured because of that. So people's voices are being censored for opposing genocide, opposing an occupation. So we, we, what's going on with that? So people, of course, decreasingly, but people are still being like, oh, I don't want to get involved in that. So again, your silence is implicit in supporting an oppressor. So if you feel like, I, I know people are like, you know, I, I can't afford to lose my job. I understand that. I definitely understand that. But there is 
a time when you have to speak and act against injustice. Absolutely. And you can't personally be invested in, you know, being isolated by these oppressors or whatever. And so now I'm getting back to the puffy thing. All the Mary J. Blood, and I love Mary, but I'm, I don't know right. now, you know, because right. she's been seen with the puffies and the, the Harvey Weinsteins and all these people, and she doesn't say anything. And I guarantee you, she comes out with a book. She, 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 it's like War and Peace. She could write a book, War and Peace, man. Right. All of the things she seems. But being silent on that is just, I gotta give you the side eye for being silent on the stuff Puffy has done or any of these people yeah. have done. You pulling your post after the accusations, yeah. as if you didn't know these things were going on, it's, it's kind of... Like, you, you don't get a, a doggy treat for that or a war right. for that just because you pulled after the fact. Mm-hmm. If Cassie didn't bring to light what happened, Janet Jackson still would have had that post up there. Naomi Campbell still yeah. would have. So I'm giving all of y'all a side eye that were okay with being him being abusive over the years and going to his parties. Right. So that's... That's, that's a worthy side eye. Yeah. That's kind of... I don't know. Y'all... Saying nothing... Can't just let that stuff pass. And people are like, well, it's worse if women do it. I'm like, it's worse if everybody does it. There there are women who have internalized patriarchy. And so I can't just be like, well, the worse if women do it because they're women. It's like, no, patriarchy is an all-encompassing thing. We have to unlearn it. Absolutely. And it's clear that many of us have not. The only reason we're responding is because now it's out in the open. Do we not see that as a problem? So is everyone just pulling all their puffy stuff now? Well, there's been a movement where, I mean, folks, honestly, it didn't seem like puffy really, I mean, at least in my circles, obviously there are folks that love puffy, I guess, but not a lot of folks seem to really be vibing with him anyway, what I've seen. A lot of people haven't over the years. Yeah. A a lot of people have been talking about him. Yeah. He's had, I mean, his record is not short. (laughs) Like, since... Since he arrived on the scene, he's always had these things against him. So I don't see how folks are trying to cape for this guy. I mean, he's he's managed to really rebrand himself or at least attempt to multiple times. This whole thing of calling Dr. Love, like love. Like, well, what do you think? That's that, some like, narcissist stuff, man. Yeah. That's not, right out of the narcissist <laughs> textbook. Right out of there. And I don't, <clears throat> I honestly didn't know the Cassie thing. I didn't. I had no Me idea either. until this right. came out that they were... Yeah. I, I didn't know. Same. I didn't know either. I didn't... No clue. So, yeah, I'm finding out about a lot of this stuff right now. But I never liked Puffy. The thing that I knew about Puffy was more on the, like, Craig Mack Biggie thing. Like, that's where I knew about Puffy. And then Shine and all these people that kind of escaped him, I knew from on the bad boy end. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't know all this other stuff with his parties. But I am not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. All of the people who have been doing horrible things over the years are getting exposed. With the Weinsteins and the Epsteins and the Bill Cosby's. Like these these are things right. that people have known for years and have been talking about for years. But now in the age of uh, mass exposure, mass information, now it's really coming out. And people are showing who they really are. So it's some definitely some interesting times. And I mean, even if you read 
you know, or, or see interviews with people like Corinne Steffens or like a lot of those people who worked in the music industry have written books about how toxic these people are. I've read pieces, but not on the level of what Puffy was doing, but I have read pieces about a lot of these dudes. And even the Will Smith thing, man, everyone's just like the, the surface level of oh, what man. happened between Will Smith and Chris Rock. And people are either defending one or the other. And I'm like, both of them are indefensible. Chris Rock is colorist. He is misogynist. Uh, he practices misogynoir uh, specifically. And he has for years. And he did that whole black people versus N-words thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when right. you really saw him start to fall off with African people. Yeah. And so people are like, I don't care about that. I don't care about him. <laughs> When he started doing that kind of stuff, and then when, when he allowed these white men to racially disparage him, and he kind of mm-hmm, laughed it off, people off. really were like, man, he's he not for us. Clearly. So these people for years have shown their class interests, they've shown their alliances, but now, because we do have sort of a shift in generations, and we have the mass information, people are being exposed to these people's histories. And so the one thing that is interesting that people have not addressed, because everyone's blaming everything on Jada Pinkett. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't think that she's wholly, like, I think she should be heavily critiqued. However, a a lot of misogyny is attached to that because I remember there were exposés on Will Smith assaulting his kid on, have you seen those? No. So. He's literally sexually assaulting well, his that. son. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. So there, there's, right. yeah. there's video evidence for this. And I am amazed that people have not been addressing this. Because everyone's like, well, she's just so horrible to Will Smith, so he had to do what he had to do. It's like, did she tell him to go out and sexually assault his son during an interview? Like, is you blaming that on her too? Right. Both Will Smith and Jada Pinkett are narcissists. And so narcissists are getting exposed left and right. And I think that Jada Pinkett just has not really healed or processed Tupac's murder. I I really think that that might be the root of a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But she is a narcissist. Like, she just has, I guess we cannot diagnose people. But she has a lot of narcissist tendencies, as does her husband. So uh, I, I think they are both very toxic parents. Based on what they've said themselves <laughs> i'm not they have spoken themselves about their toxic parenting so not coming from me it's coming from them go go yeah, check it out check it out yeah they might have scrapped it from the internet at this point after the slap heard around the world but will smith was on the ellen DeGeneres' show and other interviews totally sexually assaulting his son and i'm amazed that no one discusses this people kind of sweep it under the rug and i remember seeing people's defense of it wow. like Girl. man he just loves his son now if that was his daughter right. would you say something right. exactly come on like why is the sexual assault of a young boy okay from a father right if that was willow smith yeah exactly yeah and i remember that i saw i didn't see the one on degenerates but i did see some other guy was on the show and he was and you could just see him pulling back Jaden pulling mm-hmm. back like come on yeah and he's just laughing and right. like just completely. Yeah, the the, the Ellen DeGeneres interview, Jaden Smith actually like um, jumps over the couch, 
and Will Smith is chasing him, and then he gets him, and then he like tongues him down or something. Yeah, God, it's that's... disgusting. Wow. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. But this is okay because it's a father who loves his son. But everyone's attacking Jada. Yeah. It's just it's like <laughs> Jada is getting the smoke, and that yeah. never made sense to me from the jump. Mm -hmm. And then even how Will Smith treated Janet Hubert, the the OG Aunt Viv. Oh, right. Like, oh, yeah. are we not right. gonna discuss yeah. that? Why is everybody defending Will Smith? I don't get that. No, he is not a good person. Most of these people at that position are not good people. People either because they're scared to be exposed themselves or they don't want to be canceled from the industry. They're just remaining silent on this. Mm -hmm. It is a problem. But I think that it's happening where people are just being exposed and we're just seeing it more and more. So. Uh, Jamie Foxx also, Jamie, yeah. you know, there was a case against him. Mm -hmm. He is disputing that case. Jimmy Iovine, you know, Dr. Dre legacy. <laughs> so, I mean, Jimmy Iovine is like running Interscope. And then, of course, you have like, I mean, Interscope, you know, had Ed Vogue on it. Like a lot of, there's like East-West Interscope. So, you like a lot of bands on there. Jimmy Iovine had the, the Eminem, Dr. Dre connection. And then... Um, Jimmy Iovine, I think, bought beats from... Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So he's like one of the executives, um, Interscope dudes. Um, so yeah, he also uh, has an accusation against him. Axel Rose currently does. This is a lot of people right now. Steven Tyler has a suit against him. I mean, the oh, dude even wrote wow. in his book. He wrote in his book how he was kind of a sexual predator. So. Wow. I mean, these dudes are have been pretty open about it over the years, but people are like, well, that was the time, and no. you know, there a thirteen-year-old really, there like y'all are writing songs about thirteen. Iggy Pop wrote a song mm. about sleeping with a thirteen-year-old. Ted Nugent wrote about thirteen years. These people are writing about. I know people get on the sixteen and seventeen-year-old, which is pretty bad. But there are people over here 13. writing songs about 13-year-olds. And y'all are okay with that? Y'all are that still... Was time. I don't get why folks say that. 13? Right. Was that, was that a... Oh, another thing I hear is like, well, if you're in Mississippi or if you're in these other countries... 13 other... is not the legal age of consent anywhere in the U.S. <laughs> anywhere as far as I'm concerned. 13? 13. That's gross. 13? How, how are you rationalizing it and excusing that? And then listening to a song about it. And people actually sat there at the board and said, okay, more reverb on that. Okay, um, more kick. Right. <laughs> like, if I was a musician in that band, I'd be like, 13, oh, hell, no. no. But, no, I'm quitting this band. Exactly. Like, you're literally singing a song about having sex with 13-year-old. I would have quit that band. I'm like, I'm going to find another band to play yeah, with. There's plenty of bands. I can't play with you. So, yeah, I, I, just, I don't understand how one can rationalize that. Like, we can name plenty, plenty of Winger, she is only 17. Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. Bell Biff the Bow do me. Backstage, mm -hmm. underage, adolescent, how you doing? <laughs> really? What is age more than the number when it comes to love? Wait, what song is that? The Morning Papers. Oh, see? See, even Prince got down like that. This is See, one thing I'm always critical about. I'm like, there's no... AJ, nothing but a number. I yeah, mean... no, no. And R. Kelly on the background right, of, that the album background of that album cover. Like, he was know. trying to tell y'all right. early on. He's telling you. 
he literally told he was like hidden in, in plain, plain freaking sight. sight, yo. He's blurred out, but he's there. You can, hidden you can in still plain see him. Freaking sight. He's very he's like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yo, these people is telling you who they are, man. man. But you know, this brings me back to the conversation. So I was having a conversation with a friend who again about listening to R. Kelly and they're like, Oh, I'm still listening to R. Kelly and yeah, and their thing was, well, these songs don't stop becoming good just because of this thing. And they're like, but if he said in the songs explicitly... He did! <laughs> he literally did. So you... Okay, so your friend wants him to be like, there was a 15-year-old right. <laughs> I peed on her. That's what you, that's what you right. mean? You... He married Aaliyah. Um, what more do you need? What more does your friend need? He married Aaliyah. She lied about her age and they had to get it annulled because she was too young. What what more do you need? And then even the interview, of course, that was going around was like Video Soul. I think like Big Les was the host. And they're like laughing about it. I'm like, yeah, this Another is... Another gross person is, uh, what's his name? The uh, producer. Dr. Luke. No, it's Timberland. Oh yeah, all of so Timbaland. He's like, I mean, I fell in love with her, but she was too young, so I, I was like, wow, oh, okay, she's like a little sister, but I really did fall. I'm like, so this so is Oedipus? Like, what? Is, <laughs> right. What is this? What is going on? Yeah. Like, like stop looking. She's a kid. Stop she's looking. A kid. At her. Like, right. That's it. So yeah, all all of them. I mean, I love. Miss, she kind of gets a side eye for a lot of this too, cause she in that whole right, camp too. Exactly. All yeah, of them get I the know. side eye. I'm like y'all. All of them. And y'all, they don't say nothing. Exactly. When um Casey was beating on Mary J. Blige, Devonte, cause Devonte had put Missy out, and so he was abusive. So Missy left it. So she's seen a lot of this stuff, but she's not saying nothing. And I love Missy for how positive she is, but that ignorance is bliss stuff right. is gonna in the end bite you in the ass. Absolutely, cause then it's gonna come to you. People are gonna be like, right. so wait, you were around these circles? So you didn't? You were around? Right. Did you just say anything? Right. You didn't exactly. see anything? Exactly. Oh, I stay cool. It's like, nah. C-O-O-L. No. 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 <laughs> What's that spell? It spells, it spells N-O. No. <laughs> right. It spells no. It's not cool. Not to say that. Yeah, y'all seeing people out here abusing teenage girls, boys, whoever, and you're like, hee hee. No. Mm-mm. No, don't. Don't do that. I don't want to hear that. And she's been through stuff, so it's, it's just... It's just so weird that people stay silent on it. And people write this music about stuff. It's like, and that, that's why, like, people be getting on the Michael Jackson thing. And you already know how I feel on that. I am pretty critical of whatever he's done in relation to kids. I think that he should have gotten therapy so he doesn't use kids for his own whatever he felt was therapeutic. Yeah, he was an incredibly problematic person. I do not see evidence that he sexually abused kids. That's one thing. But there's people out here literally sexually abusing kids. And y'all and writing songs about writing it. Songs. And y'all are out here defending that but going like Michael Jackson. I'm like, <laughs> hold up. Yeah. Hold up. And I've been very consistent if I so much as see evidence that Michael Jackson did, I will on camera smash all my records. Because I don't even think it's worth selling. So yeah, I, I, I very much have a problem with how he dealt 
with his childhood trauma. You don't hang out with kids as a means to deal with that. Right. You don't build Neverland as a means to deal with that. So I, I feel like I've been pretty consistent on my critique of Michael Jackson with that. But I do not see evidence that he sexually abused kids. And the people who have publicly been the loudest around saying he did that, there's been a lot of inconsistencies and lies around that, which is why I still feel okay with saying I don't think there's enough evidence. Right. But there's plenty of evidence that, I mean, if you want to call it abuse, sure, I'm not going to argue that. But I feel like he did abuse his power mm-hmm. and influence in re- relation to how he interacted with kids as a means of skirting around the, any actual therapy he needed. So we can have that discussion. That's but that most people right. aren't having that discussion. They're like, oh, we touched kids. I'm like, I don't see evidence of that. But there are other things he did that we can address. But there are people actually out here really touching kids. Mm-hmm. And y'all out here going to be like, yay! <laughs> and going to their concerts or whatever. Their concerts and, yeah. Like, what is that? Like, people, some people can get in, can, can be justified in, in being an abuser. Right. So people definitely rationalize these people's again like will smith and his son i have seen people literally rationalize that how on earth if will smith wasn't famous doing that to his son and you were just somewhere and you saw them doing that you wouldn't rationalize that you'd be like why you why are you abusing your son but because it's will smith and he's supposedly the most likable person in the world or whatever until that's mac (laughs) (laughs) it makes no sense whatsoever so i'm gonna actually bring up some folks uh, who have been uh abusers so tyga i don't i don't really kylie jenner i don't know anything about that world so he was 26 and she was 16. like i think he got it and what did kanye west say yeah i think he was smart he i think he got it early so why are people defending kanye west not even on like the pro nazi stuff he's supporting pedophilia yeah, absolutely. He was smart. I guess pe- pedophilia is not the technical term because they're teen. Whatever. Abusive kids. Kanye West is offending that. Hello. I don't know who this is. Uh, Jesse Lacey, who's the lead singer, brand new. It says here, this is from allthatsinteresting.com, so I'm probably going to just read some stuff. He got caught asking a girl to send him nude pictures and making her watch him masturbate over Skype. Hello. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was 24 years old and the girl was only 15. Yeah, okay. These people are disgusting. Somebody who's attracted to children and they don't act on it. We can have that discussion because they're not acting on it. And, and many of them are, are uh, taking the therapy approach. And so I'm not even addressing those folks. It's people like this yeah. who are taking advantage of 15 year old girls. And I don't even think, I honestly don't think a, a lot of these people are sexually attracted. I think they are taking advantage. So I think they're taking the Michael Jackson route, but just they're doing it sexually. They're, doing it sexually yeah. they're taking advantage of people's naivete and youth. Yeah, I, I think Michael Jackson should be heavily critiqued for that. I have no opposition to that at all. But this, if there was evidence of MJ doing this, I'm telling you right now, I told y'all, here we go. Johnny Craig. I thought 
to Johnny Clegg. I was like, what Johnny Clegg do? So it says, oh, but Brian Henderson was assaulted by this guy, Johnny Craig. Oh, Space Space Hog. So so now it's Space Hog. So somebody from the band Space Hog sexually assaulted a guy. What is going like? What is what is wrong with people? Rick Ross. Oh, he literally, he literally he said, wrote a song about he rape. Literally said. She don't even know it. I put Molly in her drink. She don't she even, know, even it. know it. And people still go to that, this guy's concerts. Gross. He literally put, and it was on the radio. Yeah, exactly. I remember that being on the radio. And I'm like, how is this on the radio? Yeah, I put Molly all in her champagne. She don't even know it. I took her home and I enjoyed it. She ain't even know it. That literally, that literally is rape. Literally. Literally. And this was on the radio. Melanie Martinez. I've oh. heard the name. I don't know the music. This is Timothy Heller, who was a close friend. Uh, Timothy Heller claimed that she repeatedly sexually... Oh, wait. So maybe Timothy Heller identifies as a woman? I'm not sure here. Uh, but it says pop star Melanie Martinez's close friend Timothy Heller recently came out claiming that Martinez had repeatedly sexually assaulted her. Martinez claims their relationship was consensual, but Heller denies it. I said no repeatedly, but she used her power over me and broke me down, Heller claims. The thought of accepting that my best friend raped me seems insane. Wow. So I don't know Melanie Martinez, but it doesn't matter what your gender is. You do not assault people. You do not do things without their consent. Marilyn Manson, we already know that yeah, dude's story. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. This guy. But this just talks about uh, Marilyn Manson rubbing his crotch against a security guard's head. Like, that's the least of that dude's problems. Right. Like, I mean, that's horrible, but that's the least of this dude's problems. Yeah, he's... Mm. And you know what's kind of funny? Like, for the most part, my instinct has always been repelled by certain people. And then years later, I found out what they did, and I'm like, man, my instinct was right. correct, man. Don Henley, I'm like, the Eagles, man? Don, oh, wow. So this is in the 80s, paramedics were sent home, uh, and they're actually Eagles, I guess, not the Eagles. Uh, paramedics were sent to the home of the Eagles, Don Henley. Henley wasn't alone. He was getting high with two naked girls, one who was 16 <gasps> and one who was 50. Don Henley. Wow. Just He was just fined $2,500. Cause they're like, you're Don Henley, we'll just, you know. Don, in the 80s, so Don Henley was at least 30. Oh my goodness. Yo, yeah, Hotel California for Well, we also we know, know about Chuck, Chuck Berry. Berry this yeah. guy, ugh. He was, that, that was the first, one of the first mm -hmm. cases of. Right, exactly. Him, like, doing glory holes and stuff. 14. Yeah, he was arrested for uh, crossing state lines and stuff. So, yeah, we know his story, too. Mm-mm-mm. 14 years old. Gene Simmons, if we've heard, we've heard that. Denies everything. No. Mm. Of course. Oh, they're doing, Kiss are doing their, uh, like. Yeah, it's their final tour. Yeah, tonight is their final show ever. Oh, it's tonight. Yeah, yes, they did one yesterday oh, wow. and then tonight. And I considered going, but I was like, I, I'm not that big on Kiss to pay money to go to that. So but Master Square Garden, that's why I'm like, I could hard. literally oh, go up the street, right. man. Dang. Like, dang, I know. I didn't know it was tonight. Yeah, tonight is the supposedly, I mean, they've had like final shows before, but they're saying this is their like for real final show. So but yeah, I doubt, I, I did consider going because I was like, it's Kiss's final show. Eh. Eh. There is another case where a band of people that don't like each other. Charlie, Charlie Parker, Parker, I was surprised at this. 
Yeah, I was really Whoa. surprised. So yeah, um, when Miles Davis was like young and wet behind the ears, yeah, he was in 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 a cab with Charlie Parker, and yeah, it was a. Wow. Uh, wait, 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 wait! That, I missed it. Yeah, it says Miles Davis claims that one time while sharing a taxi with Charlie Parker, he saw a higher and heroin Parker force force a sex worker to give him oral wow. sex while he ate chicken and drank whiskey. The, this, how this is written and how Miles Davis writes it, this is pretty tame. Yeah. It compares to how Miles Davis actually writes it. When Davis told Parker that his behavior bothered him, Parker told him to turn his head and not pay attention. I think this was actually written in this book. I haven't yeah. read the book in a few years, so I don't, but yeah. Wow. Like Charlie Parker Charlie too, Parker. man. Come on, man. Tupac, yes, mm-hmm. we, you know, there are people who d- dispute this. I don't right. know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, there were a lot of things that Tupac did that were problematic, and I think if he stayed on the East Coast and and really got involved in revolutionary organizing, if Tupac did had contradictory behavior, we should hold all people accountable, even if. You know, we see them as heroes or we see them as right. quote unquote revolutionary. And I think someone who does this is not uh, displaying revolutionary behavior. I'll say that. If what actually happened was true, yeah. Got it. You, you, you must be held accountable for that. Absolutely. MC Ren. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, the, all, all of NWA. I just, I just, I'm not a fan of NWA at all. Uh, Ren was accused of raping and impregnating a 16 year old girl on the tour bus. And he was the father. So. Yeah. Iggy, Iggy Pop. Pop. There you go. We talked about this. Oh, God. I, yeah. And so she was one of the folks that, the, the girl Sable. Yeah. Oh, so horrible. Yeah. Marvin Gaye mar- marrying 17-year-old Jan. You know, yeah. It's, he was another he? one. He was another one that was, huh? She was 17. How old was he at that time? 30s or so. Or, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm like, no. Yeah, let's get an album. It's about 17-year-old girl. Gotta remember that. <laughs> Gross. That whole album's about a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> I, and I don't, and thankfully, I, the most, the Marvin Gaye record I listen to the most is the best one. What's the best mm-hmm. one to you? Here, my dear. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Oh, that is the greatest album of all time. I'm not talking about here. That, that is the greatest album of all time. Yeah, that's the one. I don't, that's the one I mainly listen to. Also, the, um. I mean, Here My Dear is a good album. I mean, it is. That, this, this dude, man. But I, that, yo, that just... Yeah, uh, if anybody whitewashes Marvin Gaye, I, I'm going to have a problem with y'all. Because this right. dude was on one. On the word. He was on one. He made an album to a 17... Marrying a 17-year-old. I don't wait. Yeah. <sighs> so Bill Wyman, again. Again. Ah! Mandy Whoa. Smith was 13. He was 47. That's... Wyman insists that he did nothing wrong because he asked her mother if it was okay, so the mother's so also the mother, implicit. Right. What? He's like, it's not my fault. The, mo- the mom said it was okay. They made a t-shirt. Ah! Both saying that the band has survived decades of underage sex. Oh, yeah, Rolling Stones came out with a, a album two, Hackney Diamonds. I haven't heard it. People said it was good. Charlie Watts is not here anymore. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, for 47 and 13. That's how 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 is that even yeah, a thing? really. Brian Jones is like, wrong with y'all man anthony Keith, i did not know i know this song i did not know it was about a 14 year old girl catholic catholic school girls woo catholic school girls woo i did i didn't know it was about a 14 year old girl wow I, I didn't even catch that wow yeah she was 14 he was 23 bro what is going on in your mind that you feel it's okay to sleep with 
a 13 or 14 year old like how is that even appealing i remember being 13 i'm like Yee! me too i'm like, like that's yeah you're when you're 13 you're just like don't you want to be with someone who's like mature on some level who has lived yeah so he wrote about this in his autobiography. He said he wasn't incredibly scared when the girl told him she was 14. So he had sex one more time with her. Wow. I, ugh, I, I, I didn't know what that song was about. Ted Nugent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Courtney, Lo- Courtney Love, who has... That's I, who he did it with? I mean, yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, she... Wow. You could have a whole episode of how problematic she is. She was one of the people early on to talk about um, Weinstein. Mm-hmm. And people were like, nah, man, like, shut up. And she was right. Mm-hmm. She has been in this industry. Clearly, yeah. And she was with these toxic old men. So she knows a few things about this. Well, R. Oh, Kelly, we don't even need that. Elvis Presley. So this is the other thing, because they had that Priscilla movie that just came yeah. out. This dude consistently no, flirted with 14-year-olds. People rationalize that Elvis was this great guy. And I'm like, he was a freaking pedo. Plain and simple. They were like, well, it was a time. <laughs> Whenever was it a time to be okay when you're 35 to sleep with a 14? This man even knew what was wrong, which is why he didn't do it a lot. He was like, I know it's wrong. So I'm not going to sleep with Priscilla until we marry. Because he knew it was wrong. Jerry Lee Lewis, you know what I mean? Married his 13 cousin. Cousin. 13-year-old cousin. <laughs> Lewis got in trouble with the press and his career took a nosedive. Legally, however, he got away with everything, even though when they got married, he was in his 20s and already married to another woman. <laughs> Says when they went on their honeymoon, Lewis's new bride, Myra, still believed in Santa Claus. Ah! <laughs> I thought that was... Uh-uh. How is this okay? Jeez. This is really... And this was like big news. And, and people I remember, were like, hey. see that. So I remember this happened when he passed away. So Nanda posted this whole thing about how Jerry Lee Lewis was his inspiration. So a lot of people, including me, was like, this dude was a pedophile. And he wrote another post basically being like, oh, we all have our cross to bear. And, you know, basically making... How is being a pedophile cross to bear? Right. Can you explain that? You willingly coerced a 13-year-old to sleep with you. Yeah. How is that a cross to bear? You, You consciously made that decision... Knowing this girl was 13, how is this across the bear? Right. This is what I mean. People it's, rationalizing it's just, this toxic behavior. My God. David Bowie. David yeah, Boy, people right. kind of skip over that too. Yeah. Because he was David, sleeping yeah, he with was, some mm-hmm. 14, 15-year-olds too. And then Lori Maddox. Yeah, she was with a lot of these dudes. So sad. Stephen Tyler, yeah, he legally adopted a girl so he could sleep with her. What? And forced her to terminate a pregnancy. He wrote about it in his book. Yeah. No. No. Mick Jagger, Jagger. Lori Maddox again. Wow. But she said it was consensual. She's also rationalizing it. These people are taking advantage of you. Jimmy Page, another notorious pedo. (laughs) Lori Maddox again. So, yeah, people are like, oh. So I'm like, these people, man. And it's kind of like, it's this weird thing. Like, we can't listen to any music, pretty much. Especially if it's, like, men. If it's older men. Like, any record from the 70s, the dude's either going to be a pedo 
The dude's gonna like beat his wife. Right, right. Every single record from the, from artists from the seventies, I don't trust. And that does include Stevie Wonder. I don't trust nothing. <laughs> right. But yeah, Stevie. I'm telling Stevie. Stevie. Stevie he's you, very touchy feeling. Yeah. And do you remember? Was this the nineties or early two thousands? There was that case that went against him, and it got I think settled out of court or whatever, or they didn't find evidence that he gave women a, a bunch of STIs or like. You don't remember no. that? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. None of these people are clean, man. None of these people have a clean record. This is why we should not idolize anyone. No. I love certain musicians, but yeah, yeah if they do. You already know it. If they do something, I, I got no problem with dropping them. Yeah. Yeah. None, none of these none of people them. are clean. None of them. All your favorites, I know. The one you, yeah, that one too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't even. Don't None of these people are clean. And then I found out, this is in the past year or two, so there's this record label, Burger Records. And so this is all like sort of garage rock. So it's like several bands on this label. It's coming out of like SoCal or whatever, Southern California. This is from 2020. So it's the past three years, two and a half, three years. So yeah, now they shut down in response to all these allegations. Wow. So. Like all of these bands, the Cosmonauts is the one band that I've heard of out of these. Swimmers is a band that has Joey Armstrong in it, who is the son of Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So I'm going to list some of the band. The Growlers, guitarist Matt Taylor, they're saying that he he's a rapist. Swimmers, Lydia Knight, who's in the band The Regrets. So she was 16 and Joey Armstrong was 22. And he kind of forced her to keep the relationship a secret. I don't know if Billy Joe Armstrong was aware. She says, because of our age difference, Joey would continually ask me to keep our relationship as hidden as possible. And I did. Hmm. Uh, We had multiple conversations where he would say something along the lines of, I want to move at your pace and I don't want to have sex till you're 18. 18 and over, I want to bone you. (laughs) <laughs> but then would act in completely contradicting ways pressuring me into sexual situations cosmonauts alexander amadi had been accused of assaulting an unconscious girl at a party the buttertones clementine creevy from the band cherry glazer she accused the buttertones uh, sam redmond of statutory rape and abuse the frights the frontman, Mickey uh, Carnivale, has also been accused of sexual misconduct. And this is Burger Records' full statement. This is from 2020. They are no longer a label. Hmm. Man, you had several bands on your... Like, that's Yo. right. So they, they, they folded. Mm-mm-mm. Dear Burger community, we understand that we will never be able to comprehend the trauma that women have experienced while trying to find a place in the music scene. We are profoundly saddened and sickened by the pain suffered in the hands of a toxic male music culture that does not value women as equals. So the funny thing about this is, so you have this dude, Justin Giver, I think, some McGeever or whatever his name is, calls himself Justin Sane, but it's Justin and then Sane, but it's okay. like Justin Sane of the band Anti-Flag. The connection I have to Anti-Flag is a bunch of us were doing a speech in regards to uh, the TPP. So it was an anti-TPP rally. And so a couple of folks, and I think Justin was one of those folks, anti-flag is a couple of dudes from anti-flag did an acoustic set. Comrade was like, yeah, I 
have all of their albums. I don't listen to them. It's not my music. But because of what they stand for, I get all albums. And so he actually told them that. And so we met them. And they were like, oh, that's cool, you know, whatever. Because their whole thing was like anti-capitalist, anti-patriot, like the whole right. thing. And it's kind of like the people who speak the loudest kind of do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they continue, we extend our deepest apologies to anyone who has suffered irreparable harm from any experience that occurred in the burger and indie slash DIY music scene, the latter of which we take part. We are also deeply sorry for the role burger has played in perpetuating a culture of toxic masculinity. We are sorry that we did not actively monitor this behavior well enough to make the burger music scene safer for you. You should never feel you have to sacrifice your personal space to be able to enjoy music for your career or in pursuit of your art. You shouldn't feel you have to choose between music and your comfort. But words can only go so far in repairing any damage that has been created. It is the ability to put past behaviors under a microscope and to fully listen to those who had suffered as a result of such behaviors in order to be to able to truly make meaningful changes so that not only do those behaviors no longer occur, but real positive change can be made to meet the moment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they talked about some of uh, the actions that they plan to do, et cetera, working with experts in trauma and sexual assault awareness and consent education, uh, setting up counseling funds, the Burger Record Shop, uh, which is not part of Burger Records, will no longer have affiliation to the label and change his name. Uh, the shop will also no longer host in-store performances of any kind. Burger sanctioned events will have a dedicated safe space for women to enjoy music without fear of invasion to their personal space. An educated member of the community will be present at all burger sanctioned shows, over a thousand attendees, etc., etc., etc. They said, We want to be leaders in the industry and model for other labels to affect real lasting change. What do you think of that? Do you think their actions? Well, did this happen before they. This is 2020. It? I mean, this was in response wonder, to the accusations. It would be interesting to see if they made any um, documented. If there's any documentation on these advances that they put out here, like is there some sort of way we can track it online? Is there? I'm, I'm sure there. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there is. But I think acknowledging the toxic masculinity and making this statement is one thing, but it would just be about making sure this is not perpetuated in their mm-hmm. new formation. And then one of the things that happened with anti-flag is the second the the accusations came out. Anti-flag was like, nope, they pulled everything from their social media. They broke up. Wow. Yeah. So some people are saying the band already knew. And I mean, I I don't know. And a lot of people in the Pittsburgh punk scene, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My stomach's growling, by the way. You get it. (laughs) (laughs) The people in the, um, a lot of people in the Pittsburgh punk scene were not into anti-flag. So like, you know, they came from money and that money helped to fund their band. And like, I don't think that should be a ding against the band itself. We should focus on like, you know, the assaults and things like that. But there are bands that I love from that scene, like Aus Rotten. If I, they are one of my favorite punk bands. If I hear anything of this nature where Aus Rotten, I'm not listening to music again because I'm like, oh. what? <laughs> it's like Aus Rotten, really? The system works for them, else rotten. I better not hear anything. <laughs> I'm so serious. It's the end of music if Alice Rot- a band like Alice Rotten are accused of this. It's disheartening in a way, but also enlightening because it's, again, the age of mass information and it is exposing something that people 
have known for years. And there was actually, I don't look at Reddit a lot, but for some reason, the universe brought me this piece. It was, it's under, a, a, I guess, a Generation X subreddit. And the subject was, were we exposed to rape culture at the time and didn't know it? Essentially, that's what mm-hmm. it was. Every response was like, yeah, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of laughed it off. And now I'm seeing people actually talk about this stuff. And I'm like, wait, that happened to me. Right. And we were just made to go, okay, that's just how guys are or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was all these people telling their stories wow. from my generation. And mm-hmm. so we see the Aaron Halls. We see the R. Kellys. Yeah, we see all these people and how all of that was excused. Mm-hmm. And now all, all the stuff coming out about it, it's like, there's always been rape culture in the always. music industry. Absolutely. In the society we live in. It's embedded. It's, it's literally on the skin, it's within, it's in the wires. It's like it's all in the it's yeah. And I think yeah, these accusations for what it's worth, it just goes to show you like this kind of stuff will come out. With the information age that we're in and also with just um and I never could see how folks could undermine a victim story by suggesting that oh uh, they know how it is or this is you know they didn't have anyone to protect them not everyone has those structures to protect them maybe they didn't have mm-hmm. a family that tormented that so like we can't be quick to denounce someone's mm-hmm. story because someone who's brave enough to even talk about it because what really is the reality is that a lot of times it's just making me think of all the things that happened to you as a child that you just don't really think about until you're brought back by something and who knows what that something could be it could be a conversation it could be a word whatever it is and then you really think about those things and you're like wow this this happened to me and I didn't even think that this was wrong I thought that this was just something that you know it was just a day thing or two month whatever you know and so you really got to be cognizant of that kind of stuff I just remember being a teenager and just dudes just grabbing you. Mm. And literally, you'd be walking and the dude just grab you. Come here. It's like, whoa, I don't. I remember the first time, not the first time, the first time I was ever assaulted was eight years old on a school bus. I'm not going to get into that. But wow. I remember the first time that I, I very clearly remember being assaulted. I was about 15 years old. And a dude that knew my sister grabbed my ass. And I just turned around and socked him in the stomach. That was yeah. just, that was my natural response right. to do that. He's like, why'd you do that? I was like, because wow. you grabbed my butt. And then he said, I thought you were your sister. Wow. Yeah. That I don't know if she, yeah, exactly. That makes it better. I don't know if that's what she consented for these dudes to do. You know, even if she did consent at one point, mm-hmm. that doesn't, that doesn't mean, mean right. she consented at that moment. Exactly. So you don't just go up to somebody and grab the ass. So yeah, of course I'm going to d- punch you in the stomach. I have almost thrown dudes downstairs and messed with... So, you know, I like just don't do it. Don't mess with people without Stop their consent. People. Stop touching and people. And expecting kids to hug family members. Yes. Like go hug your uncle. Go no. hug your aunt, your grandmother. Right. No, I don't want to. No, come on. If somebody's older who does the assaulting, and you're like, why'd you do that? Because you never <laughs> told me it wasn't okay. Right. Like all this other stuff, it was okay that grandma could touch me and I didn't want to, but if I did that, you saying it's wrong, which one is it? Right. Be consistent, people. Come on. You look at the music videos where, you know, somebody's wearing a bikini and then somebody 
snaps, it snaps it off, your right. bra. Or, that stuff happened all the time. And that's assault. But people didn't think of it. It's just people just tolerated it because right. what do you do? And so now it's like you do that, you catch in a charge. Yeah. And people are like, that. well, you can't do that anymore. Ooh, you cancel culture. Do, do, do. And I hate when don't, people, don't assault people then. They do the thing where they're like, people are so sensitive, so sensitive. Like we, like that's a bad thing for one. Or that people mm-hmm. don't have a right to their own bodies. Right. And who's touching their bodies? Mm-hmm. You don't have access to that. And to think that that person was okay with it. Because what would happen? I went to high school in the 90s, okay? Hmm. And I grew up, I was born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s, went to high school in the 90s. I'm going to tell you what happened. When people did stuff like that, where the girl say, stop. She says, stop. And right. then it kept doing exactly. it. Just, stop. stop. And then right. she eventually was just like, oh, just rolled her eyes because you wouldn't stop. You always heard stop. Or get yeah. off of me. Yeah. No, it's just like. <laughs> right. No. But you kept doing it. Right. So tell me how that's not rape culture. Or assault culture. Or it's violation nor- of space culture. Literally normalized. Right. So yeah, Generation X do dealt with it. And now just people have the space and the platform to talk about it and to resist it. People didn't have that space and that platform before. So to say that, well, people just accepted it back. No, they didn't. This no, they didn't true. at all. Because if, if people accepted it, I wouldn't have punched that dude in the stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If it was just acceptable to do that. Maybe people felt like, man, if I punch back, I'm going to get hit and I don't want to do that. So I'll just tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Did you think about that? I just saw a video of this rapper on stage and this woman grabbed his crouch. See what li- you said? Did you say crouch? Like yeah, Andre, Andre Crouch? crouch. <laughs> his crouch. His sack. I mean. Yeah, don't do that. And he's, he literally stopped his show and walked off stage and stopped the yeah, I don't blame him. I don't it's blame like, him one no bit. No one should be touched if they do not consent to this. Yeah, I, I remember you touching people? that happened to a country singer too, yeah. where this lady was just, he's just like, yo, yo. And I think the, what's the dude's name? It wasn't Travis Tritt. It was like a big country singer. And this lady, I think she was drunk too. And she's like, uh, and she's grabbing his crotch. Wow. He's just like, yo. And I think the, the wife might have come, the, I think, man, oh, wow. was it Faith Hill? The, the lady, the dude that's married to Faith Hill, I think. And I think she went on too and was just like, yo, don't mess with my man. Like, was, I think that, I think that's what I saw, if I remember. But I remember specifically, don't do that. I don't care who it is. Right. Men, women, non binary do, do not grab people's right. Right. private parts or any parts of their body like that. If we're at a show, say we're at a show and we're singing and I put my arm around you, that's fine. Like we're in the moment, but I'm not gonna go and grab your crotch or like like squeeze your nipples or something. I'm not gonna do that. I don't know you like that if we're at a show. Don't touch people like that. It just amazes me that like, why are you being so sensitive? It's just, man, you just have a foot. You don't know, A, sometimes it hurts when you do that. You don't. My nuts could be real sensitive right, right now. And you touching them right now. You grabbing them at that. I'm, I'm real sensitive down there. And you just, <laughs> girl. Like, who is you? Don't do that. Don't, I don't care who it, don't touch anybody like that. I don't know you like that. Oh, yeah, I did the Drake 
kissing the severity or whatever, right? Oh, or I had to right. go to yeah. I know why do I know everything about Drake but his music? I don't know. It's probably better. <laughs> you don't want those vibrations. Try but me. yeah, don't keep your boundaries boundaries are okay. They're okay. And then when we see stuff like this or the Rick Ross songs or uh, mm-hmm. whatever, well we have a problem. It's like why do you think we have a problem? Right. I watched Greece for the first time maybe five, six years ago. Mm. I've never seen that movie. I never had an interest in seeing it, but I saw it with a friend who liked it. And I watched it and I was like, why do people like this movie? This is literally, yeah. like that's that tell me more what, what Summer Lovin' is like, did she put up a fight? What? what? Oh. They're literally promoting assault in the song and everyone's like singing it. Then you start thinking about how many songs we're just singing and not thinking about it. And there are so there many. There are so many songs. And yeah. So you have to start thinking about that. Dang. That's what I'm saying. Can't, can't even listen to anything anymore. Because if you point out, and I'm not saying that's the problem. I'm saying, dang, we can't listen. But I am saying that at the same time. Yeah. And that was the case. There was a, another thing back to Aaron Hall. There's a guy who listens to old music and he he's like listening but then he's reading the lyrics while he's listening and so he mm-hmm. listened to the song don't be afraid by aaron hall and aaron hall is explicitly saying now that i got you by myself you can lock the door and put all those other guys on the shelf no need to run no need to hide he's like you can scream you can yell you can kick me it still makes me horny and everyone was just like saying it was like that's what he was saying in that song and I first heard that song on a game, actually, a PlayStation 2 game, Grand Theft Auto. It was on a- Wasn't that New Jack City, too? Yeah, 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 that's where it's, yeah. <sighs> He's literally saying it. It's called Don't Be Afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, be baby. baby. Yeah, yeah, I know that song. That was that was on the radio. You know I, you know I never let no guy, so I just, maybe my intuition was like, I see that, man. Yeah. But... What was people singing to me backstage under it? People were singing it. People who have kids was singing it. And so this same friend who I was telling him, like, because I'm like, I don't need, I don't mind listening to not listening to R. Kelly anymore. Like, there was only one R. Kelly album I liked, which was this Christmas album he did in 2010. He did a Christmas album. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only one. I was going, I was going to make a bad joke. Never go on. But for me, it's, there's so much music out there. I'm not missing his music. I'm not. I don't need to be nostalgic for the states to, just to be nostalgic. Like I, I have the memory enough. I'm comfortable not listening anymore. And I think honestly, we should embrace the fact that there's other music so that we're not caged by a memory that belongs mm-hmm. to someone who is a horrible person. Right. You know. But the song is good. Like why? Why do I have to stop listening to the song? Why do I have to stop listening to the song if I like the song? Like, it's not that you have to stop listening to it, but wouldn't you want to, if you need it to be explicitly said, even though you realize him to be a pedophile, does it matter if it's explicitly said? Because it's still clearly the case. He married this girl. Say R. Kelly chased your friend down, just randomly beat him up, randomly did whatever he wanted to him, kidnapped him. He would still listen to R. Kelly? Right. These people have to be personally, personally affected by it before right. they're like, oh, wait, no, it's not good. So, again, I'll tell people, like, well, why are you listening to Mike Jackson? <laughs> that means I ain't listening to nobody because, <laughs> I, again, if I 
that I don't know how many times I have to repeat this. I've said this on, I don't know how many episodes. If that dude, if there was sufficient evidence, which I have not seen, and I thoroughly read all the transcripts. If I see that there is sufficient evidence that he has harmed a child in that way, I am smashing all of my records on camera because I'm not selling them. I don't think it's it's worth it. I literally got rid of all my KRS one records because he's defending Africa Bambada. I take this stuff seriously. No, if I see that there's sufficient evidence that he is physically harming a child, whether that's sex, sexual or not, if he's physically harming a child, I am not going to listen to him anymore. There's evidence that R. Kelly did physically harm children right, that's not even and women. It's out there. There's evidence of a lot of these people doing that. And you're like, whoa, it's and to good. Me, when you realize new information, you would think, for me anyway, it changes your next move. Like, it's new now. So it's like, I can't go off of what I was going before. Okay, when I engaged this music before, I was just listening to it as a whatever. But now that I know, because I still stand by the argument that you can absolutely separate the art from the artist. Because... Yeah, if we if we didn't do that, we... I, we wouldn't be listening to Jane Brown. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, J- Jane Brown was not a good man. <laughs> no, exactly. No. But I'm be like, I don't want nobody give me nothing. <laughs> open up the door. <laughs> give myself. Do you, you hear? I mean, I listen to that all day. But he was not a good man. Right. So yeah, I mean, there we do pick our battles and we do separate the art from the artist. Continue. Yeah, but <laughs> but in, in in acknowledging that, it's also knowing going forward. You know, when one is looking at an artist that is on record, or you just get the vibe that they are, they ain't doing nothing that's that's good to someone else. They're harming another individual, and they're and they're happy about it. They brought they're bragging. This is just who I am. We don't owe them our support. Mm. Why should I give them that? And then it's like you said, the whole thing like, does it need to happen to you personally? Do you need to know someone, or does this have to happen to you in order for you to understand the other victim? It's like Kanye West, man. Even after all this, people are like, I'll still listen to, to Ye. I'm like, oh, man. what? Tell me about it. How? <laughs> Please help me understand how you listen to someone like Kanye West at this point. I mean, he's always been, these people are showing you who they are. And you're really like, I'll still listen to Ye. Like, <laughs> Most artists I listen to, where I stand politically, 99% of artists do not stand where I stand politically. So it's not even about that. But somebody literally echoing white supremacist sentiments, and, and you still listening to that? How on earth does your consciousness allow you to right. do that? That's the question. Like, how is your consciousness giving you that free pass for that person? Uh, help me. Help, help <laughs> me figure that out because... <laughs> Yo, a lot of like Russell Simmons got. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, man, we could be here all day. We could be here all day. Actually, <laughs> they were all the people. I had a um, thing on And then I'll be sure. So, all right. Yeah, because I'll be sure was talking about this. And people are like, man, he got sick and put in the hospital right after he exposed Puffy. And then I guess um, Jaguar, right? So she did an interview and said, I'll be sure is back in the hospital. And I mini looked that up and there's nothing that says anything about that. It might, they might have some news today. I don't know. But if he is indeed in the hospital, I hope he gets well. 
the second I heard that, I was like, I'll be sure hospital. I haven't seen any. The last thing I saw was from 2022 and being in the hospital. So I hope, right. I hope that's not true. And if that is, I hope he gets well. This was something that someone posted about grooming. It just, and we mentioned some of these people, so we don't have to go. But they started with Charlie Chaplin. I didn't know this about Charlie Chaplin. What, Who, did he groom Jackie Coogan or something? Well, it says he was 29 when he married 16-year-old aspiring actress Mildred Harris. Mm-hmm. And marriage lasted over two years. In 1924, Chaplin repeated a pattern with another 16-year-old, Rita Gray. He met Lita when she was just six and began taking her on dates around the age of 12. He- <laughs> Mentioned Sam Cooke meets a 12 year old. Sam Cooke, yes. Aretha Franklin, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and Aretha. Ooh, ooh I know. Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. Oh, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Oh, that's Nin- such a sad. Yeah. 1957, Ellen <gasps> Bullock met 24 year old Ike Turner. Ike Turner. Mm-hmm. And I think that was. That's pretty evident case of grooming. Yeah. Yeah. And abuse, yeah. Sable Star. Yeah, that's a, 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 a Iggy Pop was. Iggy Pop, right. Yeah. 13. Yeah. In comments with she had in comments including with David Bowie, Mick mm-hmm. Jagger, and Rod Stewart. Yep. Yeah, these people. Laurie Maddox. It's, it's yeah, so Laurie Maddox. Steven Tyler, mm-hmm. Ted Nugent. Oh, and of course, a lot of you folks don't talk about Celine Dion's story is really like. Oh, the manager? The manager who came her husband. She was 12 years old when she met 38-year-old Renee uh... Angle. They went public with their relationship when she was 19. No! Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know this about Red Hot Chili Peppers, Lee, Anthony. Anthony Kidd, the Catholic yeah. school goes rule. Alright. 14, 23. And I always, I'm going to because it's on this list and it's, it needs to be said. 1990, 16 year old Mike Garcia's mother sent a video. Oh, Prince. somebody finally mentions Prince. Right. right. Finally. finally. People right. skip that skipped that all over. I'm like, no. Mm. He arranged to meet her, confirmed she was 16, and a year later moved her into his house. See, when no. she was 19, he no. initiated a sexual relationship. I found mm. her, it was time to go on birth control. They were married when she was 22, he was 37. Oh, no, no. Not okay. No, no. That's grooming. That's grooming. 1991, 32 year old director Luke. Luke Bissell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 15, uh, he was 32. Who is it? Natalie Portman? Yeah. Natalie Port- Portman? Yeah. Yeah, see, um, yeah, cause, well, because he did the the Leon movie. Right, that that's it. Yeah, the movie Leon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that movie had a lot of like sexual. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 1993, Jerry Seinfeld picked up a high school student in a public park. I remember. He that. was 30. I never. I yes, I remember. That he was, was big. 39 and he yeah. was 17. Larry, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, that was. Big. Yes. Wow. Yup. Mhm. That was that was a big story. Yeah. Oh, Brandy. So there's a 1995. Brandy and Wanye. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she was 16. What was he, like 20, 21. 30? 20, yep. Bro, get hot. At, yep. Everybody just kind of went. Yeah. Yep. Of course, I knew about Paul Walker, the one who died from Fast and Furious. Paul he was, Walker. He was the white guy who was in the Fast and Furious series. He was 28 at the time, dating 16-year-old oh. Aubriana Atwell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was not his last time to date a teenager. His... Girlfriend at the time of his death, Jasmine Gosnell was 23 to his 40. They met when she was 16. Oh, it's, it's, oh. what is so appealing about a young Nothing. girl that you, it, I remember being 16. Me too. And I remember I a 40 to... year old dude hollering at me. I'm like, what do you want with me? What What would you want with me? 
except control. That's it. That's it. That's all you got. Yeah, all of the other people we mentioned already on the list. Jeez. Millie Bobby Brown mentioned Millie last night. Uh, no. Okay, 14-year-old Millie Bobby Brown is innocently revealed that rapper Drake, at age 31, has been close friends with her for the last year, giving her advice about boys. He texts her, I miss you. This is the same Drake who has more than once skated around that just friends until she turns 18 line. Most <laughs> That's not a friendship. <laughs> oh, what is wrong with heterosexual men? I'm sure there's queer men like this too. Um, but we're talking about hetero men right now. What's wrong with men? It's gross, y'all. And yet, yes, no. we know there are women. We, but, but do we have to be like, well, we know that, do we have to do this? Most of these people's men. What is so appealing besides that? that some people are like, well, evolution, you know, like, you know, the I older you are, the less fertile you are. Like, people use that junk. Yeah. But mentally, what is appealing? You clearly don't care about having an intellectual conversation with this person. Clearly. Like, what kind of intellectual... Co- yes, I was told by people that, you know, oh, you have an old soul. As a teenager, were my friends were at least 10 years older than me but they didn't try to holler at me either so i was fortunate that i didn't have friends to try to roll up on me like that and i realized i'm fortunate yeah. because there's a That's lot not of the case for a lot of folks right a lot of girls my age that did not have that so i was whoo boy and even meeting dudes you know after shows or whatever none of them tried to get with me and i just feel so I don't know. I feel so fortunate that I don't have this story. I've had stories outside of the music industry where people grab me and assault. So I have those stories. But in terms of me dealing with people in the industry, and I met a lot of people in the street, I've interviewed a lot of people in the industry, and none of them, I can't even say that's true. When I was in my 20s, I had actually had that more. But as a teenager, hanging out with dudes in their 20s and 30s did not have... Nobody tried to touch me. They were all like my big brothers. And I feel so fortunate. I had this dude, though, in my 20s when I lived in the Northwest. I'm not going to name him. He was in a band that I really liked. So I went to see them. We ended up being friends, hung, hung out and everything. And then, like, he was looking at me some kind of way the whole time. And I didn't know it until he t- told me one day. He said to me, because we were in his van. And we were just chilling and having a conversation. And he said to me, he wrote me a, a email or something. He said, I wanted you to shut up so I could kiss you. So I was like, mm. yeah, we're not talking anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually hand wrote him a letter being like, I'm not talking anymore. And his response, so we have mutual friends. I guess he got jumped or, or something like that mm. around that time. When I went back to go hang out with the mutual friend, the mutual friend told me, he told them, that he felt better about getting jumped than getting my letter. Oh, wow. That's what he... He that's wanted what he you, apparently. That's the thing. People feel like they could just say stuff like that instead of, like, letting it build up. Yeah, why don't you say, hey, I, why, what, first of all, that's not even cute to be like, I wanted you to shut up so I can kiss you. Like, what do you, what do you expect you to just pucker your lips like, oh, right. okay. Right. Like, like, we don't have that kind of relationship right. to talk to each other like that. 
we we're friends, but you could potentially build on something right. before like just thinking you. And he wasn't even that. like he didn't even initiate trying to to build anything. It's just it's kind of this idea that people assume like people watch too many of these romantic movies and they assume like yeah I'm gonna go in for the kiss or whatever and I'm gonna like there's gonna be a time she just stops talking so I can do it and if she's gonna like that and you obviously don't know me like that if. <laughs> If you think that's okay, and a lot of people don't like that, I want them to ask me it's okay first. That's hot. Consent is hot. And rejection is just not, but it's... it's rejection happy. is a way of God telling you that person's not right for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is. It's a way of just being like, okay, guess what? There's 7 billion people on the planet. Right. So, like, it's okay. you're going to inevitably come across someone who isn't the one for and, a moment or for forever. And as, as a person who has <laughs> faced rejection most of my life, romantically or not, it's depressing. <laughs> but that's not the worst thing in the it's world. It's not the worst thing in the world. So, yeah. It's not. So, if you were attracted to somebody, and I'm not saying I'm innocent. Like, I have been on the side of sort of pushing boundaries. And I have apologized for that. To people who I did that to, and so yeah, I told I am totally not blameless. Even though they were like, no, it's okay. That doesn't mean like I feel okay right, with that. Right, even though they may be okay. Like I've been very clear about my feelings, and even if things were not reciprocated, I've just been open about where I was. So yeah, how how I've gone about those things or not. I don't think you know. Even if that you know that person was like, no, it's fine. I still, in retrospect, where I am now, do not necessarily feel like that was the right thing to do. So I think it's okay that we look back and go, oh, dang, you know, that's... But when something's clearly, like, when two people are not on the same page... Yeah. And then you say something like that, we're not on the same page. It always leads me to think this whole idea of, oh, women and men cannot be friends because men are always going to be thinking of the woman as a means to get sex out of in the end. So they're only friends with the woman because their intention is to, to have sex. And then if the woman's like, yeah, I'm not going to, then then they just kind of jet. How, as someone who, who is socialized as a male, how true do you think that is? I think it starts with the man understanding that he is not going to be with every woman he finds attractive or even desires. And by admitting that or acknowledging that, it can still, because I, I definitely socialize with women who I'm not, who I might see as attractive, but I'm not trying to be with them. I'm not complimenting them excessively. I'm not like, hey, I think it's definitely possible for a man to be friends with a woman without there being an expectation of sex. But there has to be clear communication mm -hmm. and understanding that if you do develop that, it may not come to fruition and you can be fine with that. Mm -hmm. You could be absolutely fine with that. But a lot of men really are hurt by that when they realize that like they a lot of dudes really think that just because a woman talks to you and she laughs with you and she compliments you you might read all of that as a sign you might read all of that as oh but if there's not an explicit conversation where she says you get a lot of dudes say oh well they don't make it clear like I, I can't really tell I'm like you should be able to tell whether it's them telling you or there's just clear flirting I feel like requests for company outside of like 
platonically watching something or you know maybe you have a platonic hobby or whatever but if you if you can just get the gist that someone is wanting more company with you and wanting to get physically that could be communicated and only when it's communicated because the assumption the thing that you feel in your brain the only way to verify it is to ask thing <laughs> hey i is it simply what i've learned to do is like hey look maybe i'm feeling this wrong but i feel like you know i have feelings for you do you have feelings for me? And it could either be, yes, yes well, no. no. Or it could be like, not like that. Like right, a right. brother, like, right. you know, a homie. <laughs> <laughs> but that is better than not knowing. And it's definitely better than just being like, but you made it seem as if you have feelings for me because you, like, no, don't assume anything. If you don't have any, you got to ask questions. You really, people have to communicate. And it's awkward, yes. It is, but it's even worse to just have your own idea and then you realize in a very big way that, oh, this person really just sees me as a, you know, but you got to talk about that. And I I just remember even in middle school, like I, I was, I, I start I, I practiced that <laughs> feelings that I had. And, and a lot of times I didn't really even have feeling like that, but I thought just because we had some sort of communication, I would get jittery and stuff like, oh, and they're pretty you, but it's like, no, it's okay to be told. Well, we still, and, and hey, we can still be friends. Right. I've definitely developed that, and I think it's definitely possible. But the men who say it's impossible are men who are not talking to women, telling them how they feel. And they are not, they're not comfortable being rejected. They don't think they should be rejected, and they feel like they've been misled. Like, what's the quote? Like, oh, they're, um... Are you talking about a, a friend zone or whatever? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've been friend zone. Term is so... I've been zoned into it's like you should already be a friend. It's better mm-hmm. to build off of that right. than to just from the jump meet somebody who you never really met and then you're like, hey, let's be again. Like, they don't know you. You got to get to know them. You and might I, not like yeah. them. They may not like you. <laughs> and I think that's stemming from, again, the MJ thing because adults are always going to tell him no. You know who mm. doesn't tell him no? Kids. Yes. Right. So he's like, Neverland, kids. It's a. That's the driving thing. Men like that, I'm not going to generalize it. Men like that don't like being told no. I think what's what drove MJ's desire to not be told no was, again, his childhood trauma. So whenever somebody told him no, that was Joe Jackson to him. You know who's not Joe Jackson? Kid. It's like, dude, get some therapy, get man. Therapy. And so I think it's like the MJ thing, except I don't think everything is pedophilia. I think it's control because women have a desire to reject people that don't either want to have sex with or attract to or whatever. It's like, you know, who's going to be attracted to me because I'm a popular singer, a 14 year old girl. Mm. I really think. Yeah. Yeah, I think there there definitely yeah, are people right, attracted to you. Right. But I, I think a lot of this has to do with power and control because you can wield influence, you can groom people who are young. That's why Absolutely. some of these people legally adopt. They can control yeah, they these write, kids exactly. and groom them. Mm-hmm. I really think that's what's driving a lot of this. I don't think they're necessarily sexually attracted to these kids. Some of them are, I'm sure. Because I think, you know, again, it goes to the rationalization well, you know, these girls, you know, you're older, you can't breed or whatever. And like these people don't want to have kids with these young girls. I think the ultimate driving force of 
leading to statutory rape or abuse or whatever you want to call it is control because these 14 year old girls are it's not going to be like no ew and I'm sure there's a few that are like, uh, no, because their parents are like, what do you say to my child? Right. Wait, what did you just say to my child? But if it's their first experience, <laughs> right. they have never had anyone. They don't, you know, they've heard of sex and sex education, but they mm-hmm. haven't had any personal experiences with someone their age. And then right. someone older than them is telling them, oh, this is natural. This is, mm-hmm. you know, that's coercion. That's mm-hmm. manipulation. That's clearly taking advantage of someone who doesn't have the. Uh, maturity to understand what's going on mm-hmm. because again I remember when I was 14 15 it's the same thing with boys just because you're horny and you feel emotions that just like oh god all these changes there's still an understanding that this has to be consensual like mm-hmm. I can't you can't just go out the thrill or the idea to say oh I have these feelings so maybe even if you want to compliment someone on their body part you know you can't do that <laughs> You can't tell nobody, no matter how bad you think they look, how fine you think they are, oh, you have nice whatever. Like, because it's not going to be. Ma'am. Right? I have your breasts. You have beautiful breasts, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be accepted. So, like, we know the social understanding. Like, you can't just be out here sharing your thoughts to women or men or whoever without understanding that something. It's better for that to be built up to that point. You just can't from the jump expect. But yeah, dudes who got power, you got power, you got fame, you have all of these accolades. It gives them that, you know, it's like, oh, well, I have this. You know, they they look at me as something Mm -hmm. so I can get away with that. There's people who adopt 60-year-old girls to take advantage of them and groom them or whatever. And then I am diagnosing sick people like Ian Watkins of the band Lost Prophets, who literally is talking about one month old kids. You know, there, there's. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's Steven Tyler and there's that. Gross. So, and he, he's in prison right now. And then the funny thing is, because I think that band's out of Wales, he had a partner who was a sex worker, and she actually reported this to the police but they didn't believe her and they said well you're just a jealous girlfriend and all that and then so she was like all right i'm gonna tap the phone or whatever so y'all believe me she she exposed him but they were like whatever girl see yeah or the jared subway guy oh, right? Right. Yeah. yeah it's like the, i think those people i think you can define them as pedos yeah because they, they literally get off on I mean, babies are adorable, but not, not like that. that. Wow. You want to squeeze them, and they're like, <laughs> they're not appealing in that way. I just don't, I don't get it. So yeah, there was people like that, and then there's, I think, the other side of it of people who want to not deal with the adult world in some way and mm-hmm. and take advantage of these young girls. I really think that's part of it, and I think the overarching part of that is patriarchy. And yeah, there's people like Mary Kay Letourneau. There are women, there are people, not dudes, who are predators as well. But we're talking about the majority of people who do this are men. And they take advantage of these young girls. And sometimes these young boys and do that. So we have to address that. And I think 
the thing that drives it predominantly is control. It's like Jan Wenner. Yeah, you know, I don't think Joni Mitchell's intelligent enough for me to have an interview with her. Mm-hmm. I don't think these men actually value women's minds. And it's like, well, if I can't control her mind or her body and she wants sexual autonomy, no. Oh, like, right. I want to be able to be Marilyn Manson and do BDSM on her against her or like Arm and Hammer or all these people. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do BDSM without their consent on them. So I get these young girls who don't have a lot of experience who just kind of, she's going Hollywood, she's <laughs> going Hollywood tonight. Like that's that's what's going right. on, man. Right. So that's who Hollywood they want. Tonight. That's who they want. Somebody who's 35 and is just like, hey, I just got divorced. I'm free. I'm single. They don't want that lady. Hey, yeah, she's too she, old. Right. Well, she, she, got knows, she got experience. And she knows what she wants. Right. They don't want that woman. No. Yeah, control. A lot to do with it. I think so. Yeah. All of that. I think so. I mean, what else could it be? And that just shows the immaturities. Like, why are you not mature enough? And what are you doing to develop that maturity so that you can... Because that's not even what you want. And and then the thing is, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio is this meme because he always breaks up with his his, uh, girlfriend when she turns 25. Then he goes... Who is he? Menudo's manager? Like, what is... (laughs) Jeez. Always being with someone in that age, so it's like, so you re, you you keep refreshing once they hit a certain point. Ew. Yeah. You're not getting any any younger. Your... So you're gonna be nine years old. You're gonna be Al Pacino. Right. <laughs> Jesus old. man. And there's nothing wrong with that if you're both consenting adults. Right. But that's weird that you break up with somebody. Oh, you're too old. It, uh, no. No. I think that's a control thing too. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because why they got to be 25, under 25? That's control. See, these two... Oh, man. Listen. <laughs> Kiss is playing their last show tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they want to rock on, roll, roll, not a part of every day. Look, I don't know, man. There's plenty of people we could talk about. This could be an eight-hour episode. Yeah. But... Ooh. Yeah, we could talk about how problematic Jan Winner is. We could talk about Jimmy Iogo, whatever. Uh, R. Kelly. Let's try to end this on a kittens and puppies and rainbows vibe. Yeah. Where are we going to end this? Yeah, I was like, we, got, we, we can't end it on that. Um, well, we're already in December. There's a couple of shows that you're seeing. Oh, I'm seeing Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, this coming weekend, aren't I? Yeah. Oh, a week from today. Yeah. My favorite band of all time. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, did, I didn't even mention, did I mention, I went to St. Louis to see Metallica and ended up meeting James Hetfield at his book signing. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. even mention that since our last episode. <laughs> yeah, there was the plus ones. Oh, man. Oh, dang. Uh, Q Prime, their management. They got that band on lockdown because they were not very clean people in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, right. they dodged a huge bullet. I mean, that Playboy interview, that, ugh, man, they were not, they, yeah. they were not clean. They some scrub. Literally, they were not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, ooh. Yeah, they, they dodged a big one. I think Q Prime was on their ass. I bet. <laughs> Like, as, as wild as them dudes are, I think Q Prime was like, okay, 
you doing this, but you, take that step. You better not. I, ooh, anyway. Yeah, they dodged a huge bullet in this whole thing, man. I don't think any Q-Prime bands got caught up. As, I know Rage Against the Machine was a Q-Prime band at one point. I don't know if they still are. But yeah, I haven't heard anything from uh, any bands that were managed by Q-Prime. So I think I think a tip to any, any musicians is just be managed by Q-Prime. <laughs> Wait, Queensryche? Well, Queensryche, yeah, they had the whole, like, breakup thing. Now there's two Queensrykes. But if that's the worst of your thing, then you're okay. <laughs> and Metallica's been pretty open about their lives. So, please, nobody come out and say anything. Please don't. Oh, man. Yeah. I got to smash all my wreck. Please, please. Knock on wood. Please, nobody come out and say, I'm going to be so. You know how mad I'm going to be? Oh, I'm going to be so mad. No, but please. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, met James Hetfield. I told him how much I love St. Anger. I said St. Anger was one of the greatest albums of all time. He says, spread the word. <laughs> and you know what happened? They didn't do anything from St. Anger in the show I saw them at. So I think Lars Ulrich hates me. He's like, oh, Jamila's there? Yeah, we ain't, right, doing, we it. ain't doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. so yeah, I am going to be seeing them next year. Uh, Seattle, uh, Massachusetts, and Mexico City. Ciudad de Mexico. The last two shows. That's so, pretty amazing. Yeah, well, I was not missing that. So, <laughs> City. So, yeah. Wow, it's gonna be good. Uh, maybe they'll do Room of Mirrors. I don't know. Just my favorite song off of Seventy Two. That's what you want. I know. Oh, absolutely. Oh. St. Louis shows were good. I met James Hetfield. Um, and as I said before, I this year officially met all members of the band, which is not easy to do given that James Hetfield does not do meet and greets at this point. So that was a big deal. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. But he did write a book called Messengers. And if you love guitars, you will love that it's book. It's guitar. Yeah, guitar prawn. <laughs> prawn. That's right. That's the word I was looking for. It's literally guitar prawn. Yes. So it's so beautiful, especially the snake bite. Oh, oh, my oh boy! You yeah, see, we're getting, we're getting. It's hot, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting hot in here. So plug in all your amps, man. Woo, yeah. Turn it up. Turn it up to eleven. Yeah, you got some guitar prawn for real. Legit guitar prawn. So yeah, if you love guitars, go read that book. Just make sure, you know, you wear gloves and, right. you know, if you do handle anything, you know, ha handle it delicately and don't, <laughs> don't put white stuff on, you know, yeah. anyway. Well, put some gloves on. Oh my God, that was terrible. Where's this going? So, yes, I have to say everyone in that band is very nice. I love this stage of the band. I love that they are all cuddly now. I love, I love it so much. Because I, I, I first saw him when I was 15. I thought James Hadfield and Jason Newstead was going to beat my ass. Exactly. And I can see why you would think that, because they both looked quite threatening then. And now they're they're all just cuddly, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you for being cuddly now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. Uh, any, any final words for the episode? <laughs> uh, final words would just be to talk things out ask questions if you have them jam out to the music maybe some of the music we we listed today is our favorite you can check that out and get your life as they say 
and smile into the new upcoming smile into a new day oh and let's mention before we go we had a marathon yesterday praising Patty Lavelle. Oh, I can't believe we did not talk about that. Okay, we we got a few more minutes. My favorite Mariah Carey song of all time is "Love Takes Time." I have no That's idea why. Case. It, I don't know, cause I I have a problem when lyrics are like, "I know that you left me, but I know you still love me." I mean, that's problematic. They left you. They moved on. Stop believing that they're gonna come back. Don't do that. Move on yourself. But for some reason, I ever since I've heard this song, I absolutely loved it. I have no idea why. <laughs> that is my favorite Mariah Carey song ever, and it has always been. And Patti LaBelle came out. And this is the only thing I've seen from that, that show. Yeah. So Mariah Carey had a I don't know if it was the whole program or if it was just a segment of that, but it was the, the Griot Awards. My guess is that it was the Griot Awards show honoring where I carry. But yeah, Miss Patty. Miss Patty, Patty Lovell. Miss Patricia Holt. <laughs> Wait and covered. Love takes time. Why did she do that? Right. Why <laughs> did she do that? And when we say covered, she bodied flawless execution. And y'all know I love Miss Patty. So. <laughs> I was like, you better, you better right, do this song right, Miss Patty. And she more than did that. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> we were on the marathon. We kept rewinding it to different pieces of the chorus. And I know that you do it. I feel that you do it. It's a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was all of that and some. It was just the phenomenal. Oh, that, amazing. Amazing. And Miss Mariah's like, I'm just trying to be cute right now. I can't hurt my acrylic nails. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I've seen Mariah. I I want to see her in a context where it's a full concert. I saw her at Global Citizen before Metallica, by the way. Right. <laughs> and um, she was funny. She had me rolling. <laughs> I want to see a full concert by her. That is definitely on my bucket list. We gonna see Mariah yeah, Carey. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she, well. man, yo, she she is funny. She is glam. She I'm is on the glam. polar opposite. Oh, she, she is. I'm I'm glam like, slam. I, I would say you are more glam than I am. So yeah, if yeah. if you're more glam than I am and Mariah is gl- <laughs> right, like, right. I'm I'm like you all the all way. way on the opposite ends. Yeah. I, oof. Yeah, and Mariah is glam all the way. And she's like. It's Patty. I love you, but I'm not messing up my name. <laughs> right, man. She she deserves it. She she does. Yeah. And I think the thing with Mariah is people do focus on the glam. People focus on the image. People have focused on like a lot of not so you know happy things going on. But one thing I don't pe- see people really talk about is the fact that. She writes and arranges, produces game, her production. Like, like, why don't people talk about that? Yeah, that's what you can't. And she, she'll be the first to tell you, like, um, I write my shit. Like, I, I know what I'm like. She is in the studio. She is mm-hmm. in every aspect of her production. I don't know why folks don't talk about that because it's pretty amazing that I mean, and to have these hits and mm-hmm. to be consistent the way she's been and still sounding good. Like mm-hmm. Mariah is definitely deserving of all the love. Accolades. You want to talk about somebody seeing some things in the industry? <laughs> and what Buffy? Tony Tony was a racist. <laughs> but, but 
Mariah, she called Mariah, me. she called me. Crying. <laughs> Mariah's like, what the hell are you talking about? I did not call you, Michael. <laughs> I mean, I called you other times, but I don't know what you're talking about, Michael. Mariah, she called me and... Then he said he held her head. I'm like, how's she gonna call you? I don't, I don't know. I don't. That speech was funny though. Yo, Michael is getting geister today. Right. You gotta watch that just to have a laugh sometime. Is Michael Jackson funny? He a funny dude. But yeah, I don't understand how people ignore the fact that I mean, she's like Debbie Gibson, like before her. Like wrote a majority of her songs, produced, you know, that kind of stuff. And I don't get it. Go ahead, Mariah. I'm going to mess up the <laughs> the nails I don't have right now. <laughs> Good for you. And I'm glad your godmama, Miss Patty, the bell, Miss Patricia Holt. I don't, I don't know what she still calls herself. Is Patty LaBelle just a stage name still or did she legally change that? I don't know. I read her book. It's good. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I remember I remember when I read it, too. And I had her cookbook. I don't have it anymore. Even though I'm vegan, I had her you cookbook. Had cookbook? That's funny. That's how much I love Miss Patty. <laughs> you got I had her cookbook, <laughs> and it's all not vegan. Yeah. So, yeah, I, lo- I love Miss Patty. Shout out to Patty. And I, this, I saw her at, it was one of the non-punk or metal shows that I've been to that was at the real, the edge of the stage. Oh, nice. So, I was like, yeah, Miss Patty. So, Patty, Patty. Yeah, was she like 79? 79. Miss Gladys is 79. Miss Gladys is 79. Better pay respect to these women. For real. Still sounding good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. It's a joy. Respect our elders in the industry. Absolutely. Not, not if they're predators. Though. Yeah. Not, no. <laughs> respect our elders in the industry. I guess that's how we're going to end it. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Love takes time to